Ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the pinnacle. It is time for Super Bowl 55 here on the Sunday card. Fox, Chiefs, Brady, Mahomes, Kid, Goat, February 7th, going down in Tampa, Florida. For the first time, a team will host the Super Bowl. And just for the weekend, we will have the weekend at the halftime show as well. And joining us here today is a star-studded lineup. First off, the man that's speaking to you right now, Dan Zampano. A man who is just fantastic every week. I don't know how he is, how he is, but he is him. And of course, the Iceman. Freezing cold temperatures, two feet of snow brought to you by Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silbreth. Gentlemen, we're here, Super Bowl. How are we doing today, Matty? We couldn't be any better. Well, actually, no, we could be better if the Super Bowl was going to be later today. Obviously, this is a pre-recorded show, and we have to preview this game many days and so many hours away, and we're going to talk about this game, and I need it to start right away because this is going to be a phenomenal game. And with everything else we're going to get into, the, the picks, the prop bets, I am so jacked up. Ooh, I am feeling it. My blood is boiling, Chris. I was reading the Dynasty book last night, Jeff Benedict's Dynasty book for the Patriots, and I got into the 2016 Atlanta Falcons. And, you know, everybody was saying, and particularly, they could not come back in that game, and they did. And Tom Brady did it, and it was awesome, and now he's back. Unfortunately for you, he's back. And unfortunately for you, the Chiefs are in it too. But we're still going to have fun, right? Yeah, of course. So my poor father, who we know is a big Raiders fan, another year his birthday falls on the Super Bowl, and he gets to watch his least favorite quarterback ever play his least favorite team ever in a lose-lose situation. Um, But no, I mean, you know, another year. God, I'm freaking excited. Uh, I can't wait to root for another tie in the Super Bowl like I did last year so nobody wins. Uh... But yeah, I'm, I'm ready to freaking rock and roll. God bless Edward Raza uh, for A, producing a great child, but B, sticking in there as a Raiders fan since the late 70s. I mean, incredible man. Uh, also on the mic, by the way, our esteemed producer, Lemon Pepper Lou Paracone, who watches in entertainment and enjoyment. Thank you, Lou, for doing all that you do and being here all most of the year. Uh, getting you in halfway through, but we love you, Lewis. We do. And he all he needs is thumbs up. Never has to say a word unless you want to. Thanks, Danny. Thanks, Danny. Thanks for having me. Yeah, there you go. I love it here. Gentlemen, I, I, <laughs> he loves it here. He loves it here. Ladies and gentlemen, we had Super Bowl week this week. In a weird way, Chiefs don't have to come in till Friday, so it's a kind of a weird schedule with media day and what have you. It is time. It is time to get deep dirty diving, dumpster diving into this game, into this game and the matchups. I hear Maddie crinkling papers. He's got notes. I got him on my phone. He's doing it the old-fashioned way, like Ben Franklin drafting the Declaration of Independence or whoever, the Constitution, whatever. He's writing it out with a feather pen, all of his notes. It's incredible stuff. Uh, Maddie and Chris, let's start with the Chiefs O versus the Bucks D. We're going to do this the same way we did it last week with the conference championship games. I just want to bring some stats and give you my take, and here it is. Let's get into it. We know about the Chiefs. 
and the Bucks. The Chiefs love to pass the ball. We understand that tremendously. On score-neutral situations on early downs, meaning nothing to do with, you know, end of the half or fourth quarter, just score-neutral situations. On early downs, the Chiefs pass the ball 63% of the time, right? Now, remember, these two teams met back in Week 12 in Tampa. Chiefs won the game 27-24. However, the Chiefs in that game ran or threw the ball on early first downs 69-nice percent of the time. We got to throw the ball all the time on this team. The Chiefs do not run the ball a lot, but when they do, it's usually out of the 12 personnel. So it's an RPO with one running back and, and two tight ends. And it's not like the Chiefs are going to be dominating a run game here. Missing the offensive linemen, having the Bucks be a first, first DVOJ team in, in rush defense. But they will non-traditionally run the football. I think that that is a big factor in this game. I think they'll use Mahomes. I think they'll use Miko Hardman. I think they'll use Tyree Kill to run the football, jet sweeps, uh, you know, end arounds, sprint options, those types of things. Mahomes was fifth in the National Football League in expected points added per play on scrambles during the regular season. The one issue, though, about that is that the Bucks have very, very fast linebackers and speedy linebackers. They only gave up 64 yards on 21 carries to wide receiver end arounds. It's a very specific stat, but they do a very good job of holding to the outside. Now, the big factor, obviously, with this is Mahomes against Kelsey and Hill, uh, or with Kelsey and Hill. In that game against the Bucks, Mahomes targeted Kelsey and Hill 23 times. He completed 21 of those passes for 351 yards. That is insane to do to two separate people. And Bowles, he only played man coverage nine of the 53 plays. It was incredible. It was all zone, and yet still, Mahomes just picked it apart, especially with Kelsey and with Hill. Mahomes ranks number one in the league in expected points added per play against single high safety coverage. I don't expect the Bucs to do any of that. I expect them to do two deep, two high safety coverages. Mahomes is 13th in the league in that category. But that brings us to the X factor. And the X factor for the Bucks defense is this, the loss of Eric Fisher. Mike Remmers is going to be probably starting this week for the Chiefs, either at guard or at tackle. There's some discrepancy on whether Andrew Wiley is going to move to tackle. We don't really know. But Remmers is experienced yeah, he's kind of been a journeyman. He's a practice squad guy. He's, he's been playing. He played for the Panthers in 2015 in that Super Bowl against the Broncos and really did not have a great performance. So Remmers will play. Do you realize the Chiefs, their week one starting offensive line, they only have two of those guys on the line this week. They have three guys missing from that week one offensive line. It's really something. The whole kit and caboodle of this whole game has to be JPP, and Shaq Barrett. They have to win their matchups. They have to win their matchups. There's no other way, way if, ands, or buts about it because against the Blitz, Mahomes just knifes the Blitz. We talked about that last week when they were going up against Buffalo. That They have to get to them with four. I think that'll be the game plan again. Bowles has to be timely in his Blitz and disguising in his Blitz, but he can't Blitz often. Mahomes will kill him. 
They have to close in on him on the outside. Vita Vea and, and Dominican Sanu have to close in the pocket on the inside and get this stat from last week. The Bucks got to Rodgers under, in under four seconds on four of the five sacks that they got. Rodgers was only sacked in under four seconds six times total the entire year. That was an impressive stat. And what contributed to that? The loss of David Bakhtiari. I think that was a huge factor in that game. The Bucs have proven that they can beat good offensive lines, especially good offensive lines that may have an injury or two. And that's the whole premise of the game. Can they get pressure with just four? Gentlemen, thoughts, Matty Ice. I think you absolutely laid it out. I mean, the, the Bucks' defensive line was maybe the most important unit for them against, against the Packers in that, in, in that Green Bay game. Obviously, like, it, was, it was early and often on Rodgers that he was getting two or three times, I feel like, in the first half. Uh, as far as the sacks were spread out. Um, but, you know, you do have to hope that obviously um, you could think that maybe getting Mahomes is just going to be a lot, is, is the best guy against the Blitz. And that's what you're saying. Obviously, they have to get home on their one-on-one matchups. Um, it, it also, you know, maybe maybe disguising, maybe maybe uh, changing the coverage at the snap. Mahomes might have a little bit more of an advantage, obviously, with some more time to prepare um, than Rodgers did. And Rodgers was just obviously super frustrated at the beginning of that game. Um but the Chiefs defense, I mean, the Chiefs offense is just so hard. How do they slow them down? I mean, like I said, Tyreek Hill had the best game of the year against him with three touchdowns in the first quarter, um, the first time that they played in over 13 catches, which I'm pretty sure was the most that he had on this year. Um, and I agree with what you said. They're not even going to bother. They're going to look like the, the Bills did in the divisional round against the, the Ravens. They're not even going to bother running the ball early, I don't think. I mean, you know, a little bit. First drive, obviously, Super Bowl. There's so many jitters at the, be- at the beginning that you usually want to kind of play it safe. Um, so maybe the first drive they're going to be mixing it a little bit more. But I just don't see by the time the second quarter comes around, you know, when these up as far as the NFL, I mean, they're going to be throwing it as much as they can. The runs will just be to give guys a break. Um, but I think, like I said, it's going to be a full-out pass attack. And it will be interesting to see if, if they can maybe get some disguise their coverages. Maybe they, you know, they said they're playing man in, in too high safety for the most part just trying to not let Mahomes know what's coming, but they just do such a good job with, with pre-snap motion, running Michael Hardman and Tyreek Hill each way. Um, so I don't know how you disguise a defense against Patrick Mahomes. Nobody, nobody's really been able to figure that out uh, too well yet. Chris? Yeah. Uh, I was watching, I watched a video earlier today from Good Morning Football, and they, they compared the Bucks de- uh, defense to the Chiefs offense in a really fun way. And, and it, I forget who it was, but something like the Bucks' defense is the aviator in, in a movie sense, but the Chiefs' offense is the Titanic. You know, one is great and one is good, but one is absolutely fantastic and historic. Um, obviously, this Bucks' defense has been great. I'm worried about one of their corners, Sean Murphy Bunting, has been absolutely horrific this year. Uh, he's given up a quarterback rating of 126, and he's given up the sixth most yards of any defender uh, in the NFL. So that's going to be a guy I'm going to be watching that whole game, who he's matched up against. Um, and, you know, Dan kind of hit the nail right on the head. The biggest key is going to be the offensive line, uh, if they can kind of hold up against that pass rush. And they have the benefit of obviously having Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he's one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen, you know, in my entire life watching football at just extending plays with his legs and keeping things going. How many times have we seen situations where it's like third and 15, uh, Mahomes gets out of the pocket and he just flings it and finds Travis Kelsey wide open at past the first down marker. Um, and, and 
I hate to, you know, beat a dead horse here, but Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, I mean, these guys are absolutely insane. The fact that you have both of these guys on the team, uh, I think Travis Kelsey is, in a sense, a better tight end even than Patrick Mahomes' quarterback. I mean, this guy, no matter what any defensive coordinator has done to try and stop him, he has been unstoppable in every single game that he's played in his career. Uh, so I think this could be a long day for the Bucks defense, potentially. They need to somehow just be able to get one or two stops because you know the Chiefs are going to score. The Chiefs are going to get their points. And the Bucks defense, they just have to try and get those one or two stops and hope their offense can take care of business on the other side of things. Because, again, this Bucks defense is good. But this Chiefs offense is absolutely fantastic, and we really haven't seen anything quite like it. The sheer amount of points that they're able to score, the fact that it seems like they just put up 30 points, like you have to just assume they're going to be scoring 30 points on you every single game, and that your offense needs to score at least, you know, 35 to have a chance at winning. So I just, I don't see where they're going to be able to cover both Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and also contain Patrick Mahomes all at the same time. It's a very tall task. The cast that so yeah, I was just say one thing too, just that I, I didn't mention is like I just feel like Andy Reid's game planning. So think back to Week Four when they played the Ravens. It felt like again, just the regular season for the most part, the the Chiefs really hadn't been clicking. In the game against the Ravens, Andy Reid had every single like dialed up play call that he could, and it almost feels like obviously they played plenty of games since then and plenty of important games that they had to win. So I'm not saying he's keeping them in the pocket, but he's. I mean, you just know the expectation for this team is to make the Super Bowl. He has stuff he has not used yet. I mean, I expect that the the game planning and some of the trickery and the play calls are just not even just just the way that they use motion rep, uh, repeatedly to confuse defenses. You know, running it the same way but going different directions. Um, you know, depending on on who's open and who and you know, throw it to the flat on this play, and next thing you know that opens up the guy up deep left. I just expect the play calling to be on another level out of Andy Reid. They're not going to have any problem scoring. I don't think they'll have any problems scoring, but the idea is that I think the Bucks can help them in, in other ways. I, I, what, I, what I'm looking for, and I, this may sound crazy, but some of the best defense that I've seen from teams against the Chiefs were actually in man defense, and that's really crazy to think about. But, I mean, if we go back to that Broncos game, they played them really, really well again on that Sunday night game where they held them to what? What was it, like 13 points or the first yeah. three quarters? I mean, it was something crazy like that. The Patriots did the same thing early in the season where they held them to like nine points in the first three quarters of the game. And why were they able to do that? They're just able to disguise man coverages from zone coverages. And the other thing, you have to be able to trust somebody to guard Kelsey one-on-one. Like, you have to be able to do it because you can't do it with Hill. Like, Tyreek Hill, as much as like, we'd like to cover Tyreek Hill, there is no other alternative in the double I mean, which is insane because, you know, that's how good and fast he is. So to me, it's like, yeah, double hill. Take him out of the game. Do whatever you have to do. We'll lose to Miko Hardman. We'll, use, we'll lose to Byron Pringle. You know, we'll lose to those guys. If Sammy Watkins plays, I think that's a big factor too because I think if he does play, they'll, they'll go to him. You know, he's a very trusted receiver. But to me, I, I, I think it's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. You speed up his clock. You make him make mistakes. You disguise coverages, and, you, and and to me, JPP and Shaq Barrett have to be the MVPs of the game to win, win the game. I mean, that's that's a fact. We've got to see five, six sacks out of them, really. I, and and I think they're capable of doing that. I really do, based on this on this offensive line. But 
I do wonder what Andy, as far as I can see him like running like weird screen plays and stuff out to the right and stuff out to the sides and go horizontally instead of vertically for a little bit, just to confuse, just to make them off their toes, you know, because they are young in the secondary. You know what I mean? Like they don't have a ton of veterans, Sean Murphy Bunting, Antoine Winfield, if he plays, Jordan Whitehead, uh, Carlton Davis. These guys are not like experienced NFL football players. They've played well as of late. But again, I think there is something to be said to there about that Andy Reid play calling, especially especially kind of midway, second quarter, th- middle late play calling. Uh, I'd be interested. Yeah, and, and I also didn't, you know, what you said about as far as running the edges, like I, and I don't think, I mean, interesting as far as, again, breaking down all the props, which we'll get to, like um, just the whole, the running back situation in all these games, it's really like there's not, a bell cow for anybody like you could say a out of anybody but he's been injured so they've been phasing it back in um but i, I think that they are going to have to run the ball there with either tap passes jet sweeps whatever to to hardman and hill um between again, just between the fakes and then actually giving it to them um that's how you can slow down those edge rushers when you make them have to kind of make a read and they can't get downhill towards mahomes i think that's what they need to do even and the, and, and the uh... I say Mahomes is just so slippery. Like even if you get into the backfield, it's like you still have to bring him down. That's yeah. he's been. It's like he he coats himself in butter or something. Like it's it, it the amount of times I've seen him where I think he's gonna go down, and then he again throws a deep bomb to like Tyreek Hill for a touchdown. Like it's not just getting like beating the offensive line. You also have to bring Mahomes down. Like and he the what he's able to do with his legs and his stupid little waddle he has going on all the time, it works. Like he's, I've never seen a, a quarterback that seemed to be as hard to bring down as him. Happy to have Patrick Mahomes back in the Super Bowl. Uh, X Factor, butter or oh, margarine? X Factor. Yeah. Like you remember, in, I don't know if you guys ever saw the movie Master of Disguise, but the guy that comes out of the cherry pie and is just like covered in cherries, like that's that's Patrick Mahomes to to Chris. Like that's he's what, slippery. He's the cherry pie. He, man. He's a slippery so. guy. He's just slippery. He's a slippery dude. It's like, like you don't penguin. stick him. You know, yeah. stick him. It's whatever the opposite of stick him is. Whatever that's what Patrick opposite. Mahomes just covers himself in. Whatever the opposite of the Raiders did, that's what Patrick Mahomes. That's, did. that's what yeah. the Chiefs do. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I I think that's a fascinating matchup. But I also think the one thing that we want to remember here too, and, and, and like we said, I brought it up earlier, is just the idea to guard Kelsey one on one. It's not just guarding Kelsey one on one. It's beating the hell out of Travis Kelsey coming off the line. Like, why does it – I don't understand why teams are just not capable of doing that. Like, it's a very simple thing you have to do the entire game, and nobody is disciplined enough to do it. And we never see it get done for, for, for 60 minutes. You have to take a paddle and beat that guy to death, basically, the entire game. And coming off the line, if you're flying in uh, on the end or coming in on a blitz on the outside and disguising and having somebody else drop back, You've got to chip Kelsey. That half a second makes got two tackles out for them to slow them down. There's got to be long, sustained drives by Mahomes, and they got to end in field goals. You know, like they got to end in field goals. And we're going to talk about possibly some some of that coming up in props. There's a there's a possibility. Quite sure. Feeling. Uh, let's go to the Bucks offense versus the Chiefs defense because, to be honest with you, I think this is the most the more important matchup in the game. It will tell us really if this is going to be a real game or not. Let's start. I want to know, what will playoff Lenny bring us for this wonderful holiday on Super Bowl Sunday? 
I really am interested, you know? Like playoff Lenny has had these like big plays and big moments in the playoffs, thus playoff Lenny. So we're getting him, but we're getting as well this idea that like the Chiefs are clearly not a run team. Like they're clearly a pass team. The Bucks are a pass team, but they are more inclined to run the football than the Chiefs would be, I would say. I would say they're not made to, especially in the fact that the Chiefs are the 31st-ranked rush DVOA defense. So that is going to be an advantage, I think. I'm sure the Chiefs are going to load up the box and do what they have to do and, and, and confuse Brady, and, and try, or at least try to. But we got to remember, from the running game perspective, Leonard Fournette has been somewhat effective. Ronald Jones is coming off an injury, so there have been limited snaps for him, and he was the guy that was really the big workhorse for them in that first matchup. One of the ways the Bucks have an advantage in the run game is this. They are the best short yardage conversion rate team in the league. Within three yards, they convert first downs on run plays 87% of the time. The Chiefs are one of the worst teams defensively against short yardage run conversion rates. 82% of the time they give up for, uh, conversions on short yardage situations. What does that tell you? The Bucks have to go for it on fourth down and short if they are in no man's land. If you're at the 40 or the 35 or the 30 and it's fourth and two, you got to go for it. There is no kicking field goals. If you miss a field goal from 50 yards out, it's a death sentence because you're basically giving Patrick Mahomes half the field to work with. I mean, they just cannot do it. If there's an opportunity, no risk it, no biscuit. That is the mantra of their coach. Their coach has that's been his mantra forever since he's been in the league. Look at what the the Bucks have to do that. And the other thing the Bucks have to do as well is, and Michael Lombardi talked about this on this podcast, so I'm sure you might have heard about this, is converting first downs on second down rather than third. The Chiefs are 17th in the league in third down conversion rates allowed, but they were 30th in the league in second down conversions allowed. They gave up first downs on second down and were 30th in the league in that category. That's a pretty amazing stat when you think about it. So the Bucks last week, remember last week, the Bucks getting involved in third and longs and running the football in the first two plays and alert, 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 alert is run to the right. It's the second play. That's pretty much almost every play you can, you can tell Brady's going to do alert, 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 it's run to the right. I mean, it's, every, it's almost every time, a run to the strong side, whatever it is. So the Bucks got to do that. Now, Steve Spagnola's defense in the first matchup, they played outstanding. In that matchup, they gave up a touchdown. On the first four drives of the game for the Bucks. they only gave up one first down. That cannot happen in this game. They desperately need to start fast. The Bucks cannot play from behind in this game. It's going to be rough. Against the Blitz, that's been a problem for Brady, too. When he's had four rushers, he's been pretty good. He's sixth in the National Football League with four rushers uh, at .23 expected points added per play. But against the Blitz, he drops to 19th. He's barely in the positive on this EPA stat with that. And even in the last game against the Blitz, Brady was 11 for 20 for 146 yards, a touchdown, and two picks in that game against the Chiefs. 
The running backs got to be sound in their blocking when they're picking up blitz packages. We saw that last week caused an interception for Tom Brady last week when Fournette missed that block coming off of the edge. That was a big play in the game. Packers couldn't convert on it, but I guarantee the Chiefs will. Brady has been good against man coverage. He's third in the league in EPA, but he hasn't been good against the straight zone. He's 16th in expected points added per play in the league at .11. My question is, what receiver do the Chiefs pick to take away? Gronkowski was a huge factor in the first game, but he has been so almost limited in his targets. His targets have gone so down in the playoffs. Hasn't really been a factor. feels like Cameron Bray has overtaken him. Mike Evans is a really good receiver, but the last time they played, all the Chiefs did was put Brashad Breeland on him in man coverage. Brady was 0 for 3 when throwing to Mike Evans with Brashad Breeland covering him. So to me, where do they go to cover their which receiver? And I think possibly, I think it's probably going to be Chris Godwin. I think if they take away Chris Godwin and possibly try to double him up, Chris Godwin's been a major safety blanket for Tom Brady all year. And I think that might be a big factor into what Spagnuolo's going to do. Per drive. And overall, no team plays a higher percentage of two deep coverages than the Chiefs. Tom Brady has not been good against two deep coverages. He ranks 18th in expected points added per play. The X factor in this game from the Bucks offense to the Chiefs defense is this. Tom Brady, pre-snap ability to read Spagnola's defense. He must figure out Spagnola's game. Understand it. Call the audible if he needs to. I think you're going to see a lot of time taken off of the play clock because of that. He's going to take his time and trying to figure that out. Tom Brady is sitting at home. Right now, nobody's home, apparently. Everybody's out of town, and he is watching film, and he's going click, 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 and he's watching over and over and over because Steve Spagnuolo was brought into Kansas City to do one thing and one thing only, and that was to figure out a way to stop Tom Brady. And I don't think he ever expected to do it when Brady left, but he has the opportunity to do it now. Why? Because he did it years ago with the Giants when he was there. Ooh, baby, that is the matchup for me. Brady versus Spags in the Super Bowl one more time. Gentlemen, Chris, give me your thoughts. Dan, I mean, you hit it right on the head. I mean, this is where the Bucks have to execute to win because we've already mentioned that the Chiefs are going to score points. They're going to score points. Um, I've said this many times. We know how to beat the Chiefs. We know how to beat the Chiefs. It's a simple formula. It's long, sustained drives that end in touchdowns. The best defense against Patrick Mahomes is the offense that is keeping these drives going, keeping Mahomes off the field. Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette have probably the a lot of weight on their shoulders in this game because one of the ways you beat the Chiefs is get a nice running game going, and it's converting on those second and third downs with the running game, keeping the clock going, tick, 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 just those seconds creeping off. Now, the Chiefs defense did look really great shutting down the Bills. And Brady did. I, I don't want. We can't forget Brady in that second half very almost lost the game for them with, with those couple of those really costly picks. And it's going to be really tough. You know, I'm not sure if Antonio Brown, the effect he will have in this game, because that is one thing that was missing in that Week 12 matchup was there was no AB. He is dealing with a bit of an injury. But Dan, you hit it on the head. I mean, it's gonna. It comes down to Brady. <laughs> like as as simple. I, I hate saying as simple as it is, but that's what it comes down to. Is he needs to not play like he has in that game against 
the the Chiefs we saw in Week 12 and the second half we saw last uh, two weeks ago because this is the year we've finally seen it when he kind of gets that pressure that if you're able to get that pressure on him, he will struggle. He struggles uh, to find guys open in the time that he needs to, and he's taken sacks and he's taken interceptions. And not that this Chiefs defense is all world, but they've got some really good guys on it with with Tyron Matthew. I mean, he could be a wrecking ball in this game if he's able to kind of get going and he's getting in Brady's face and he's he's taking care of business in the secondary. And Chris Jones down there on the line could cause a lot of havoc. So I just I struggle to see where the Bucks are really going to get things going, both on the offensive side of the ball and on the defensive side of the ball. As much as I hate to say it, but you know, if Tom Brady can do what he can do, he can make it close, but. You know, the Tom of this year is not quite the Tom that I'm used to seeing in the last 20 years. That is a fascinating statement because I think that people have really been impressed by Tom Brady this year than, than, than certainly last year. Last year was not a good year. But from what I'm seeing here from and, and hearing from you is, is that, look, the Chiefs are not a great defense. We all know that. They are a complementary defense. I think we can definitely agree with that. And they play well when it matters most because they are very good with their defensive coordinator. But Matt, I, I just I just want to know, is there anything else outside of Tom Brady? Because obviously Tom Brady, you know, is gonna be running things and running the show. This is Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. And every time we've seen, seen Tom Brady, although last time we saw Tom Brady, they couldn't score. He had a decent game, but they couldn't score. Tom Brady in the Super Bowl historically, though, has been really, really good. So especially over the last, you know, five years. Is there anything outside of Tom Brady that is going to be an X factor for you in this game? Well, it's hard to run a good offense without the quarterback. Uh, but I do want to go back to just a couple points of what you pointed out, uh, a couple stats that you kind of gave in your little preview. Uh, listening to uh, Warren Sharp, one of my favorite, personal favorite football minds out there, um, the Bucks, you know, he, and he's talked about, it, and we talked about it on the show again, that the, the Bucks maybe stubbornness to keep running the ball in early downs, especially first and second down, and then getting themselves into third and long situations. Um, they were able to get out of those third and long situations last week against the Packers being on the Packers side. I was screaming every third down saying, get off of the field. And they could not. Um, but the chiefs are a top three or sorry, a top five, um, third and long defense. They are very, again, like, as we're saying, complimentary piece, they're not the best in early second down, but they know how to play to the sticks and not allow a first down when they do get into third and seven, eight more, uh, situations. And while the Bucks, as much as you said, them going for it on short third and fourth down situations, one of the problems with them, one of the reasons why Warren Sharp is so frustrated with them is that they run the ball, I believe, bottom five in the league in third and short situations. They put the ball in Brady's hands basically at all costs on third down, which isn't a bad thing because, again, he clearly was he was dicing up the Packers last week, but it has to be in short yard situations. Um, as far as what Brady needs to do, again, he's not going to do it on his own. They do, as much as they can be stubborn with running the ball on first and second down, they can keep doing that if they come back later and throw the ball out of play action on first downs. Because I think you are right. I think that what they're going to do is they're going to be stacking the box early downs. It's going to be a slow start. You probably you probably show them what they've been seeing on tape, what they think that they're getting, which is run the ball early, run the ball early. They might not have very success on their first one or two drives, but then they have to then be willing to come out and use play action on first down when they see that box loading. I think that they've been doing that. Uh, you know, situations, again, like we, we call it the Scotty Miller play, uh, the touchdown uh, against uh, against the Packers were on, on right before the second half. Um, you know, I believe it was play action and right over the top. Like, those are the plays that are going to be able to burn uh, the, the Chiefs' corners. Because the Chiefs' corners aren't 
aren't that great. So, uh, you know, they've got good secondary with Sorensen and, and, and Matthew. In the sec- as far as the safeties, those are pretty good. And Matthew, uh, it'll be interesting to see if he's on, on Gronk more or, or what he's doing as far as his coverage situation. Um, but they have to be willing to throw the ball out of uh, play action on first down. And speaking of Gronk, one of the other uh, things that uh, Warren Sharp highlighted is that the Chiefs are better, are good at covering tight ends when they're split out wide, kind of, again, basically how they use Travis Kelsey lining up in the slot. But when they are lined up blocking formation, that is where they are one of the worst teams in the league against tight ends, where tight ends are appearing that they're going to be lining up to block and then sneak out for a pass. And that is exactly how the Buccaneers have been using Rob Gronkowski. I mean, he's been blocking more than ever in these most recent weeks, and he did have a massive game against them the first time around. And I think that, especially in the second half, when they got things going, um, they really started obviously scoring. They scored 17 points in the second half compared to their seven in the first. So they figured something out at halftime and they were attacking it. And it was passes to the middle of the field, um, play action, because again, they were running the ball and having no success in the first half. Um, and then getting the ball to, to Chris Godwin and Gronkowski, you know, over the middle. Um, they just can't fall behind as early as they did last time. And again, I mean, the last game, Brady scored a touchdown with two minutes left and they just didn't get the ball back, but they only lost by three. So that game is by a hair as far as one or two things change, a bounce the other way. He also had a, at least uh, two picks or maybe three picks in that game, Brady did. Um, so limit the mistakes. Um, run the, run, keep, you know, they have to run the ball because the Chiefs are going to be giving it to them, and it is the weakest part in their defense. And then kill them with the deep plays over the top. Mike Evans has to come up big. Scotty Miller might come up big on, on a few. Or you know, if A.B. is healthy enough to, to be running those deep balls, I think he's going to be used more in short yardage situations. But I – you know, one big play to Mike Evans. Like I could see that happening here. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, I, th- I think, I think that is the key factor. Where do you think the chiefs go and where do you think the chiefs, how do you think they make coverages and, and who is the guy that they want to take away to me? I got to think it's Chris Godwin to, I mean, that's just my personal opinion because I do think that Godwin is such a, a factor on, especially on those third downs, like we said, where you need to have it, you need to have it. He's been kind of the safety blanket to me. I think Matthew, if anybody, is Matthew's going to might go to another safe side of whatever side that Godwin is on and kind of play like we talked about kind of before that Browns and the Bills game, that cover seven where they switch off match coverages. Mm-hmm. You know, that might be something, to me at least, I don't know where you stand on that. The problem is, so I think the last game they, they took away the outside receivers. Like you said, Mike Evans did nothing. And yeah. I think it's, you know, that's just as far as a safety, yes, it's what Brady, you know, maybe does the best is dink and dunk over the middle. But you got to think, you know, they're they're just trying not to get killed in the deep plays because you can't let the Bucks score as fast as they score. If they can make the Bucks have to really earn their drives and whittle it down, and then they come down, you know, kill them with the speed like the Chiefs do. Um, I, I just don't think that they can take if they try and take away the middle of the field. I don't think their corners on the outside are strong enough to win their matchups all the time. So I think that they're trying to, you know, I think it's a safer option for them to basically kind of try to keep everything to the middle, keep those outside receivers out, and then have you know good tackling, gang tackling. Um, which is why I think they're, again, they're such a good third down defense is because they are a pretty solid tackling defense. Um, so I just, I don't think that they can risk those one-on-one matchups on the outside uh, with, with, the wide rec- with the wide receivers as much. Because I do think that, you know, because Godwin can line up all over the place. As much as he does line up in the middle, they'll easily put A.B. in the slot and, and put him out there or put, you yeah. know, spread, spread Gronk out or, or Cameron Braid out or O.J. Howard. Is he still playing? I don't know. Uh, uh, O.J. Howard, O.J. Howard's been out a while, but you know, your point is, is heard. I mean, that's... Yes. That's certainly that the Bucks do like to to mix it up. I will say this too, Chris. The only thing I would say about 
the running game, is that I wonder how slow the Bucks really want to play this game because I don't think that time of possession is really that big of a factor. And the reason being is just because if you go back to, I always go back to the crazy stat of the Patriots game and the Patriots had the ball for 40 minutes in that AFC championship game. And the Bucks, the Chiefs had the ball for three minutes in the fourth quarter and scored 24 points. I mean, that is insane to me. The Carolina Panthers game this year where they had it, the Carolina had it for 38 minutes and still lost the game. I mean, there was, it's, it's like I said, like, the buck, the Chiefs can just score. So I don't know how slow really it's going to matter. I just think it's going to matter to the point of you have to force at least, you know, two, three, if you can get to four punts in the game, I mean, that would be incredible. And then obviously you need to score. I mean, you need to score. You need to have at least seven points in every single, in, in probably every quarter. Probably every quarter they have to have at least a touchdown. Three or at least three of the four quarters, something like that. Like they have to score. I mean, yeah, that's exactly the the point. And as I said, that's why the the Bucks offense is where they have to win the game because you know that Chiefs defense is going to put up probably thirty points. You've got to to have a chance at beating the Chiefs. You have to score over thirty points. It, it's 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 cut and dry like that. You're not going to win if you score under thirty points, most likely against the Chiefs, unless your defense puts up the greatest performance we've ever seen against an offense like this. So. I just think with that running game, again, it still just helps keep Mahomes off the field. I don't, like I said, I don't know how slow they're going to take it, but they're going to need to have some form of a running game to win this game. Play action pass, baby. Play action pass, baby. Mm-hmm. I love it. I am so excited just like the machinations of this game. By the way, special teams, do we think it's probably the Chiefs that have the advantage? To get, I, you know, Bucker's probably the better, is the better kicker of the two. Um, punting. Interesting thing I read too is how, you know, Tyreek Hill hasn't been taking uh, any, really any punts this year, but their punt unit has been horrific. So there's a skill player out there running punts back, but in the Super Bowl, uh, you might see a little Tyreek the Freak back there getting some getting some punt returns, especially if they're down, I think so for sure. And especially after Miko Hardman's mistake at the end of the game, or in the beginning of the game last week. Yeah. So, I mean... I think Miko Hardman is a definite advantage if you're going to have a punt return. I mean, he's just as fast as, as Tyree Kill, if not maybe a little slower. But, like, he's a wicked fast player. He'll, I think Hill's got more intelligence is all. Yeah, well, that, that, that is something to be said about that. So I think that there is a, a very interesting thing. And then, Chris, you brought something up, too. The weather in this game. Mm-hmm. You, brought up, you brought it up. It's starting to look like we might get a little wet. Yeah, no, I was I was looking. I got uh, the app we use for our fantasy football with Sleeper it sent me a little notification according to AccuWeather. There's like a 75% chance of storms going on in Tampa Bay on Sunday. Um, so we could see, uh, what was it, the, with the Colts and the Saints? Was that the Colts and the Bears uh, where we had a little, 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 snow, little rain shower going on? So it could get a little, little wet and wild down there in Tampa Bay, which one would think would lean towards the running game. Uh, you know, if, if, if we do get some serious showers going on, um, sadly, no blizzards will happen because uh, they don't like cold weather Super Bowls. But, um, yeah, no, it could get a little wet and wild down there. You know what's going to be cool, and I'm just thinking about this, is I remember in Miami that year that uh, Prince played the halftime show and they did Purple Rain and all that. I think the weekends, if he 
like that'll be pretty cool if it's raining. That'll be pretty entertaining. I'd be so happy if the halftime show gets a bump up because of the weather. <laughs> I want the best football <laughs> possible. I want the yeah. best football game we could get, and rain in the forecast does not equal that. I think no, it's no on I think halftime show. Weekend has put forward like seven million dollars of his own money into this halftime show wow. just to make it even more. Now I'm waiting for this to be a huge letdown because of all the hype it's getting. But yeah, Weekend's putting forward seven mil of his own money to make it even even more exciting. We'll see. We, we also have we have more on the halftime show coming up. Oh, we do. But I'm sorry, as a male human being, nothing will ever beat last year. So <laughs> nothing will. <laughs> Shakira and the tongue and the J-Lo and just, it was uh, just going to leave. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. There's a lot of butts. Uh, There's a lot of butts. A lot of butts. That was, that was big time. Chris, my father was not happy. <laughs> he was. Neither of your parents were very happy. pleased with what was going on. Not family programming. <laughs> that was not a good classic American concert. What I, from, from what I understand. Where is Tom Petty and the, heart, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers? <laughs> Bring back the rolling stones. Not suitable for a Nickelodeon broadcast. Yes. No MVPs. Tell you who my MVP was with Shakira last year. That's who it was. Uh, Let's move on, shall we? Let's go to – let's go – you know what? Let's give Matty Ice a chance to just run things. Like, why 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 do I have to always talk? Let's let Matty Ice kind of run the show. Matty Ice was kind enough to present us with a uh, prop bet sheet. This is our most fun thing that we do every single year, the prop bet sheet. We're going to go through props, game props, fun props, Gatorade, National Anthem, all that good stuff. We are going to go through. I mean, everybody knows that there's, there's you know, you can bet the side, you can bet the total. But there is one game in which you could bet basically anything that is going to happen in front of your eyeballs between commercial breaks, halftime show, before the game even starts – you can get a wager on whatever the hell you want during the Super Bowl. And it feels like the player prop market has only grown, and player props and just props in general have only grown bigger. Like, I feel like I've only heard more during the regular season this year about props here, there, you know, yada, yada, yada. By Justin Jefferson won week 17, best one I ever had, best bet I had of the year was Justin Jefferson. That was a lock. Um, <laughs> but it all, starts, it all starts with one prop bet. It all starts at the beginning of the game. We've barely even seen the players on the field, and this is the national anthem. Yes, there's no better way to celebrate America's pastime and our heritage like gambling on it, like gambling on the amount of time it is going to take to sing our nation's anthem. So this year we have um, – last year we had Derek, Demi Lovato came in under the time uh, with, I believe, a minute 55 seconds. It was said about uh, 120, 120 seconds last year, two minutes. Very upsetting. Oh, I'm, not for me. I was under. Uh, so – I remember. I recall that one. Um, it might have been the only one of the day. Uh, <laughs> this year, interesting take on this year. We have a duet happening between Eric Church and R&B singer Jasmine Sullivan. Eric Church, a great country artist, uh, if you haven't heard of him. So we have a duet this year. A lot, lot of talk going on. Will there be a guitar? Eric Church usually ends up playing with a guitar. Some quick background before I ask you guys for your pick on this one. Our time is set at 120 and a half seconds. Depending where you look, 120 and a half seconds, 119 seconds. So right at two minutes. Um, the average anthem since 1990, 55 seconds, under two minutes, have all come in under two minutes. But again, we have a duet. The last time we had a duet, 
was in, uh, I think it was, I don't have the year written down, I believe it was 2009, but it was Aretha Franklin and Aaron Neville. Yes, oh my gosh, I remember that. Holy cow, that's a while. That came in at two minutes and eight seconds. You have a lot of sharing of the microphone. You know, I, I don't know if it's going to be, is it more of a harmony duet or is it more of an alternating line duet? We don't know where we're going with this. Previous history on the national anthem. Jasmine Sullivan has sung it twice. Eric Church has not sung the national anthem on record as far as the internet knows. Um, wow, okay. Jasmine Sullivan, first time at a 76ers game in October of 2014. She had a guitar accompaniment alongside of her. The other person was not singing, though. That came in at a minute and 49 seconds. At the, at the Quick. Minute 49 by herself, solo, with accompanying music, which usually speeds things up. Her second time performing, Wild vs. Blackhawks, February 2016. This was a stadium series game. She was outside. She was bundled up like a pillow because it was freezing out there in Chicago. So it was a minute 35. She wasn't stretching out any vocals. She was trying to get back into the warm. All right. I don't blame her. It's it, you, you can't really flex the pipes when you got cold weather like that. So I think that's why everybody's <laughs> leaning towards the under here. Cause we have the under at minus one fifty five and the over at plus one twenty five. And I'll tell you what, boys, mm. I am leaning towards the over. I feel like people are just seeing the trends of all the years. And I think the duet needs to be taken a little more, taken a little more into account. I agree. I agree. I think the duet takes into account. I think the speed of the guitar, if he's picking, if he's just strumming, and also the emotion of the moment. We have had COVID. There's going to be 20,000 nurses there. I mean, it's going to be like, I feel like this year especially, if there was a time where he might even do, Chris, the bridge off of the, the brave, and just hold that. Like, I feel like that might, he might add in a couple extra braves, like, especially with an R&B singer. I think there's going to be something special for this national anthem. I like the over. Yeah, I think with the over, especially, again, that, that duet is just such an extra little wrinkle that we haven't had in so long that it just has, it just screams over. Again, especially with, God, the insane year that our country has had outside of just the world situation with the pandemic and everything. But our country has dealt with quite a lot in the last few weeks alone. Uh, I think I think they're just gonna they're gonna drag this one out for as, as long as possible, and especially you can get the over some some nice plus money there too. I, I think people are usually just are used to the under, especially the past again trending over previous years. But I think it might be time for a change. Speaking of time for a change, coin flip time. We're getting closer to the game. We a game hasn't start yet. We still have two bets to get in here before before the kickoff even happens. Tails never fails, right? Well, tails has come in twenty nine times out of the fifty four Super Bowls. Heads, obviously, the other 25 times. Tails is on a six of their last seven streak in the Super Bowl. So, boys, heads or tails? Chris, I'm letting you go first on this Holding one. The I can't remember. I can't remember who the captains are for the Chiefs and the Bucks. And I, I'm trying to think and remember that. Holmes so Brady. I'm letting you go first. Uh, you know what? I think uh, I think it's time for Tails to take a step back. I think it's time to let Heads take the reins here for a couple of years. I think it, this is Heads' time to shine, and I'm putting I'm, put, I'm putting the mortgage on Heads. <laughs> Everybody bet responsibly. <laughs> Listen, if you're not betting betting, mortgage on Heads, you're not betting it's, six it's figures. Not referring to murder, no, on the coin no. toss. <laughs> You just have to bet at least six figures on the coin toss. It's just an American tradition. 
Even if you don't have six figures. I'm kidding. Don't do that. For the love of God, please don't listen to me. Uh, I am always a heads guy, and I will be a heads guy. I love heads. And I mean that by the bottom of my heart. Uh, I'm such a mind in the gutter. It's terrible. Clearly, the head of the tail. But um, I'm usually a tails never fails guys. But you know what? On a year where everything has gone horribly for me, I got I got to go. I think it's heads. So we're gonna we're gonna clean sweep of heads, and we know how well that usually goes for everybody. So Lou's going to run to bed tails right now. Uh, <laughs> yep. I think if it's heads, if it's heads, the Bucks win. If wow! Now we don't even have to play the game. We don't even have to play the game. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's the coin nice. toss, and game over. That's it. We decided. Yep. Can't play because okay. of COVID, so we're coming out of coin toss. All right, we've had the kickoff. Don't bet the touchdown, uh, the, the touchback prop on the kickoff. I didn't put that one in here. Last year, everybody got screwed. It's usually the one that people put in saying that it always is a touchback because it's just that's the way that they've done since they moved it. Last year, they kicked it short and let Miko Harmon run it out. So, and it's a bad juice if you lose that one. It's about a minus six, four, six hundred. So, we had the kickoff. The first play from scrimmage, uh, we either have run. At minus 120 or pass at plus 100. A lot of things to think about with this. Chiefs have gone pass first play four of the last five games. Bucks have gone pass on the first play four of the last six games. Who gets the ball first? Chiefs usually defer. I don't know if that has any matter in your thinking, but uh, what do you guys think? Dan, what do you got for the first play of the game? Run or pass? Uh, if it's the Chiefs, they will definitely pass. If it's the Bucks, they got to mix it up, but I just feel like they're just going to run it. Like they, they will definitely run the ball. It's what they do. They just we talk, we talk about Warren Sharp. He's just he just freaks out every time they don't throw it on first down. So I will say that the Bucks win the toss, and it's going to be a run play. And I won't bet that if it's minus one twenty. Chris, it's yeah. It, it's hard to tell not knowing who's going to have the opening drive because it very much is a. If it's the chief, it's a. If it's the Chiefs, it's going to be a pass. If it's the Bucks, it's going to be a run. Um, I probably just wouldn't bet it, but if I did, I would probably just take the pass. The fact that it was is at the plus money. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go pass too. I think you know again, as much as I say that the Bucks again stubbornly have run on first down, you got to think that they maybe hopefully just maybe try and switch a tendency. But I definitely think the, the Chiefs go pass. So I think it's probably the better way to go. Um, first scoring play, uh, either field goal, touchdown. Or safety. Field goal is plus 170. Touchdowns minus 240. Anybody laying the juice to take a touchdown here? Absolutely. I thought you say lay the juice to take the safety. Yeah, I mean, you're just burning money at that point. <laughs> yeah, that that is ridiculous. I mean, I, I think the, the way the games usually work out and the Super Bowl usually works out is that the offenses are usually a little bit more skittish in the first quarter and the first half, and the defenses are better. So I... I would definitely take the field goal at plus 170, no question. Yeah, I agree. Actually, I kind of like the field goal there. I think that's pretty good value. Uh, keep moving along here. Um, the, so we'll have a couple just situations in games here that I will ask a couple very common things, yes or no props that we have here. Will there be a safety? Yes, plus 700. No, minus 1,400. Is it worth betting? No. <laughs> Chris, I think you love that safety. That's if you're someone that puts out just a like a bajillion prop bets for the Super Bowl, you might as well take the yes on the safety on the the off chance that somehow it does happen. 
However, if you're a little more conservative on your prop bets on Super Bowl Sunday, don't even think about it. I don't even think there's been a safety since like 1993. I, I think that might be like, oh, the Broncos on that. Did the Broncos have a safety? Touchdown. Was that a touchdown? Oh, no, it was a safety. That's it right. Was that safety. was a safety. Yeah, no, the Broncos. Right. I do recall. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, as long as there isn't a, a horrific snap over somebody's head uh, to launch it 20 yards back, then I probably wouldn't bet on the safety. Um, this one, I think a lot more people are going to be on the yes side. Will there be a successful two-point conversion? Yes, plus 200. No, minus 250. This feels like one you kind of got to fire away on at plus 200 odds. Mm-hmm. Everybody in consensus here. If you feel like that's one you'd fire away yeah, on. Yeah, that, that was one when I, when I was looking at this earlier today. That was like one that I specifically wrote down. Just on like this year, in fact, this year, like we've just seen the two-point conversion happening so much more frequently. And with, especially again, again, on the Chiefs side of the ball with what, you know, just, I could so easily just see that shovel pass. Travis Kelsey just plows through to get the two-pointer. Um, that just seems like, especially with the plus money, it's like, it's, it's, you, you, you can't lose taking it. It's like, all right, if, you, if it doesn't hit, you know, you may, you probably don't lose that much, but if it does, you double your money. Yeah, that that one is on. Yeah, that one is on my uh, on my actual list of props that I probably will play. Is not only will there be a successful two point conversion at plus two hundred, but will there be a two point conversion attempt at minus one ten? I will definitely take both of those. Okay, um, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna skip a couple that we might have on our sheet here, but um, I have all right. So now we're gonna go through some some team totals that we have here. The total sacks in this game, which again, Dan, I, when you talk about the amount of sacks that you were checking JPP and Barrett to get, the the over in the sacks has really been an appeal for me in this. So I think you know they're obviously accounting for that. Mahomes doesn't take a lot of sacks. Brady has been fairly good at getting the ball out quickly himself. Um, but I've seen the lines on a bunch of places. But I'm going to go right in the middle here. Sacks at four and a half. Sack line is set at four and a half total for the game. Over is plus one twenty five, and under is minus one sixty five. Are you laying your money down on either of those, Dan? Absolutely. I, I think the four and a half sacks is beautiful. I love that. Over four and a half sacks. I think the value on that, just because of the tackles being out, and the idea is that, you know, I think Brady as well being not mobile, I think that the Chiefs might be able to get to him. So over four and a half sacks at plus 125. I know that three and a half is interesting, but it's just not juice enough for me. So I'll take the over four and a half. Chris? Yeah, I think especially when you when you're looking, if you're gonna if you're looking at the three and a half, you might as well bump it up one more, get the plus money at one twenty five, and take the over four and a half. Because I, I again, I could see, you know, Brady getting sacked, you know, two or three times in this game, uh, and I but I could also see Mahomes getting taken down a few times just with the offensive line issues. As slippery as he is, I, I think he is going to get taken down at least once or twice, um, with all that that margarine he's got all over him. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> sponsored by Land Lakes. I don't know if I would take it, but if I was, the, the four and a half is the way you go because it's not worth that minus one ninety for the three and a half. Yeah, four and a half I, is on my is on my uh, is on my real list as well. I agree. Yeah, that three and a half minus one ninety might as well try and risk an extra full sack. You know, you, you, the great thing about the sacks too is you do get the half sacks. Four and a half, there can be a push. Yeah. Normally, half lines you can't have a push, but you can with sacks. That's a good uh, point, actually. I like. That. <laughs> so uh, next one, you can't get a push on. Total interceptions of the game. I, I think this is an automatic over for me. I, I, I don't know how you don't bet this. Yeah. Interceptions, one and a half. It's over is even money. I mean, I think with the amount of interceptions you've seen Brady throw, and Mahomes when he can actually have some pressure, and the amount of turnovers this Bucks defense has been able to make, I, I think there's at least one turnover or one interception from each quarterback in this game. What do you guys think? 
Easily. Yeah, I mean, we saw Brady throw three picks in the second half in the NFC Championship game. Uh, and I think this, while this Chiefs defense isn't the best in the world, they're a very opportunistic defense. Uh, and even on, on, on the Buck side of things, is I think since they know, you know, just through sheer will, they're not really going to be able to stop the Chiefs. So I think they're going to kind of be pushing extra hard to force those turnovers. So I think over, two interceptions in one game, I think you're to, to book it no, 100%. Yeah, I'm I'm all over it. Uh, that's on my list as well. Over one and a half, I think Brady has an opportunity to throw up punts. Uh, end of the half, I could see him throwing a hail mary and it getting picked off. And then for Mahomes, I mean, the Bucks have gotten Bucks. Rodgers wasn't supposed to throw any interceptions last week, and they got a pick on him. So I think that Mahomes definitely there's an opportunity there. I love that. Yeah, uh, great. So I, I love when we're all on the same side. There's definitely not going to hit. Um, interesting one here uh, in a game that we're talking about offense. Total punts in a game. I don't know. I don't even know where to go on this one. I just looked it up. The last game, it had eight punts. Um, the line is six and a half punts. The over is plus 105. The under is minus one, uh, 125. Uh, would you lean either way on this? Or is, uh, punts are not fun to bet on anyway. You know, I don't want to root for punts. You know, I want to I want to root for points go under. in this game. Yeah, you go, you go under. I mean, I mean, honestly, minus 135 isn't that bad. Like you're not you're not breaking the bank with that those kind of odds, so I wouldn't touch it, but I would lean towards the under six and a half just because I don't want to. I just don't want to root for punts. Uh, I'm sure the punters are great guys; they're working hard and they're gonna earn their paycheck. But I don't want to see them on the field. Yeah, not not since the Ryan Allen Johnny Hecker matchup was I interested. So I'm a, I'm a no go on that one. Boy, oh boy! I hope you had the over in that game last <laughs> couple years ago. Um, and, and last but not least for the yes or no, and then we are going to get into some really juicy player stuff. Um, I just love this one. Will there be overtime in this game? Yes, plus 800. I want as much football as possible. And if you get overtime, you also hit a plus 800 overtime prop. I, I, I don't see how everybody doesn't throw at least a little a nickel on that one, a pretty penny on that. Hope for some more football. That's a $1 bet right there. Right? <laughs> I can hope so. I was like, as Matt said, I want the overtime. Maybe, maybe if we just all bet on it, we just we manifest that energy. We we just put it out into the cosmos, and and then and it'll it'll reward us uh, with that 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 sweet sweet overtime in a game that I'm rooting for a tie in anyway. We'll change the rules. We'll get overtime, and we'll get a 45-45 tie. You're not, you're not getting a tie either way, buddy. You're going through it just like 45-45 tie in the Super Bowl. Nobody wins. There will be a winner. Uh, there will be a winner. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> All right, here's the first big juice. All right, we're gonna we're gonna try and fly through the rest of these because I know we're we're taking taking some time here. But I need your guys. Give me one. First touchdown score. These are the ones we're finally getting juice. The biggest favorites right now are Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, both tied at plus six hundred. Everybody else is at least ten to one odds. So you are trying to lay the juice here. I'll go. I'll go really quick. I'm taking Tyreek Hill. I think plus six hundred on Tyreek Hill is still phenomenal value. I, I would think he'd almost be lower. I think only because of Kelsey being there as an equal compartment, a equal component as far as in that offense. Um, but I think Tyreek Hill is ready to just let go. He scored three touchdowns in the first quarter against these guys last time. I'm clearly going to take him plus six hundred. Uh, Chris, who is your first touchdown scorer in this game? Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to take Travis Kelsey. Again, I brought up that kind of shovel pass at the goal line sort of situation. I love him. And maybe, maybe sprinkle a little bit on Gronk at, at 18 to one. 
sprinkle a little on there. But the game, I like Kelsey again. Six hundred is great, still great odds. Uh, and he's like a big, he's a big time red zone target for them down there. Danny, give me the juice, baby. I've got two that I would take: one for the Bucks, one for the Chiefs. I'll take Mike Evans at plus eleven hundred in the red zone, one of Brady's favorite targets. And I'll take Patrick Mahomes at twenty-two to one on a sprint option. I love Patrick Mahomes to get a rushing touchdown in this game. I think that's a really, really good one. He was the first touchdown scorer last year, and to just bring it up, don't hit the other quarterback either, Mister Mister Brady, on a cheesy yes. sneak at thirty-three to one odds on on that first touchdown. Maybe sprinkle a little bit that way. But all right, boys. So now we have just we're going to go to the player prop segment where we have. I mean, you could go for the quarterbacks. You could talk about passing yards, attempts, TDs, rushing yards attempts, uh, receptions, reception yards. I want your guys three best player props that you have. Uh, you know, and we'll, we'll do it. We'll do a rotational order. So I'm going to make Danny go first. You pick your best one. And then Chris, you go after that. And I'll come, I'll come in after that. I have, I have so many on here. My best one that I really like on player props and only really because it's a minus one thirty on this number I just love Mahomes over 41 and a half pass attempts. It's not on our list, but it is up there. I think that they will throw the ball tremendously. I don't know if he gets to that 28 number in completions, but I think over the 41 and a half pass attempts, I just can't see the Chiefs running the ball at much at all, especially considering the fact that the Bucks' rush defense is so good. So it's over 41 and a half pass attempts for me at minus 130 for Patrick Mahomes, Chris. Travis Kelsey over seven and a half receptions uh, at minus one thirty-five. I literally just wrote Travis Kelsey over on all, um, but I think the best of that is that over seven and a half receptions. His receiving his the receptions is ninety-eight and a half, and that is I wouldn't be surprised if he breaks it. But God, that's a freaking big number. But I, I, they're going to be targeting Travis Kelsey a lot, so give me that over seven and a half. Uh, I mean, Chris, that's that's a fantastic pick. Obviously, I've been a big proponent of uh, Travis Kelsey overs on this show. Um, I can't find it right in front of me now, but uh, that that number, I believe he has had at least eight receptions. Uh, he has had eight receptions in um, 12 out of the 17 regular season games this year. So that's a pretty decent bet. My number one, and it goes along with what I think the game plan is going to be, what, I have to, what I've been saying, and I'm going to take Ronald Jones rushing attempts over eight and a half. Um, I think that he's getting healthier, and I think that when he's on the field, they're running the ball more. Lenny has been the pass catching back, preview to that in a second. But I think when Ronald Jones on the field, they're going to be running the ball. They do need to run the ball. Um, so I will take over eight and a half. I think he gets at least about 10. So I actually do have a Ronald Jones prop. But Go for it's, it. It's not what you think. I actually am going to take Ronald Jones on the over two and a half receiving yards at minus 115. Just because I think it's just one pass that he needs to get to catch it. I know that is so crazy, but at minus 115, I'm like, that is not a terrible thing to get me. One screen pass to Ronald Jones, and if he gets it, I'll be hitting the freaking ceiling when I when he does it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put my I'm gonna put it in and plug my nose and go Ronald Jones over over two and a half receiving yards. Yes, the All problem right. is that he doesn't get any catches. So uh Chris, what's your what's your second one? <laughs> um yeah, so I, I'm I'm gonna go stick with the Chiefs. I'm gonna go with with, with Patrick Mahomes, my my least favorite person in the entire world. Uh, taking over on the rushing yards, nineteen and a half. It just I think he's gonna be scrambling around in that pocket with the pass rush that the Bucks have, and I wouldn't be surprised if he he breaks a couple out and, and scrambles quite a few times to get a couple of yards. Uh, we've seen what he can do with his legs, uh, so I I think he's gonna be able to get get a few yards there on the ground. 
Chris, I got to go against you here because you're you're forgetting about the turf, Tom. Tom, what do you expect? And you think that the Chiefs are going to win this game. Anybody that had Patrick Mahomes rushing yards last year was very upset because he was covering his rushing yards by about 10 yards, I believe. And then if you remember his kneel downs at the end of the game, he was trying to kill extra clock and he yeah. lost, I believe, about 12 yards in the final three kneel downs, um, which brought him under. Um, so I am also going to stay under Patrick Mahomes, 19 and a half rushing yards here in the two playoff games that he's had this year dealing with the turf toe. He's only had 14 and five yards respectively in those games. So I will go under 19 and a half on the Patrick Mahomes rushing yards. Danny, give me one more player prop. Yeah, I have, I have a couple here. Uh, these are my, these next two are kind of tied for third. And then I just have a couple more I'm going to share with you. Uh, to me, Scotty Miller, longest reception. Over 13 and a half yards at minus 135. I think if he just gets one catch, it's not going to be for 10 yards. It's going to be a big catch down the sideline. That is tied with uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire under 29 and a half rushing yards at minus 105. Rookie, Super Bowl, they don't even run the ball at all. I just don't see it. I don't see them really running the ball as much to be able to get all him involved. So I'm going to go under 30 yards for. Uh, for Clyde Edwards Hilaire. You want me to just run through a couple and I'll just do them or no? Yeah, sure. Give me give me your other your honorable mentions here. Honorable mentions. So we mentioned this again. Uh, I will go Mike Evans to score a touchdown at plus 115. I do like that one a lot. I think, he, again, in the red zone. Scotty Miller, again, to have over one and a half receptions at plus 125. I do like that. I think you'll have at least two. And I like Miko Hardman, over two and a half catches at minus 105. I'll it here. Uh, and they try to mix him in as well. So those are all of mine uh, as far as player props are concerned. Chris, you got some other ones for us here? Yeah, you know, uh, I kind of like Tom Brady over a half a rushing yard at plus uh, 120. You, it, you just so got to get you one. You be, but hey, you better, not, you better not be ready for them to win the game and kneel down then. I know, no QB kneels. No, Tom, no, no kneeling down. But I'm just, you know, the fact that it's plus money and if he could just finish the game with over one. To all we need. Give me give me point seven rushing yards and it's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Doesn't even need a full yard. Just over a half of a yard. Um I was also looking at uh both Mahomes and uh Tom Brady over uh basically they just need each throw one interception. So I figure if you already like the over one and a half interceptions, you might as well take well, at least one of those. Uh, with Patrick Mahomes, it's at one twenty-five, and Brady it is a minus one ninety, which is a little, a little steep, a little expensive. Um, and then again, anything you know, Kelsey over twenty-five and a half for longest reception receiving yards, and then uh, where is it? Tyree kills longest reception over eighteen and a half. I mean, he's going to be the guy they're looking on deep bombs. Uh, so give me, I also like that at minus one twenty. Yeah, I mean, I think. For me, Tyreek Hill. I, I, well, two of them. Tyreek Hill, the longest reception uh, over 18 and a half. And then Miko Hardman, longest reception over 15 and a half. I mean, mm-hmm. These guys are just speedsters. It takes one. It just takes one. Um, and I'll also take, I think for my other best one, is just uh, Tyreek Hill's over on his receiving yards. I know like I'm a donkey. I'm a mule. I'm like taking the most popular bet that anybody could possibly take. But even at... I just hope that that minus 135 juice might scare some people off. But I will take over 92 and a half yards at minus 135. Um, I mean, I just think he has a game here. They, they, didn't, they didn't figure out a way to stop him last time, and they haven't gotten new corners to figure it out. So um, that will do it as far as for the individual player props. There's so many out there. Obviously, go 
check out your local spots and you could get whatever you want. Um, but that will bring us now quickly. I know we're taking a long time here, but now we're good, baby. Let's keep it rolling. We got, we got, we got, it's the best. It's the deepest show of the year because we are just at halftime. And speaking of the weekend, this one, I know Danny's so ready for this one. Danny's been <laughs> um, listening I, to the metronome and he's trying to figure out yeah. what cadence and what kind of ambiance and mood the weekend is trying to start here. And we have the first song that the weekend will play at his halftime show. Um, we have the chalk favorite. I'll, I'll just run through a couple of the, the top ones here. Chalk favorite is Blinding Lights. It's been in every single commercial that we've seen for the Pepsi halftime show. It's currently at plus 135 for the first uh, for the first song. Pray For Me, one of his other newest singles off his new album, plus 250. Starboy, one of his first original classics, is plus 260. Can't Feel My Face, uh, another hit song of his, plus 320. Hawaii, which I hadn't heard until I watched this one. Not his original song. He is a feature on that one, so... I feel it coming plus one thousand. The hills, another one, a classic one of his plus one thousand. Um, and then just this little note on this last one here, which again, another song I hadn't heard. Save your tears. There was a little Twitter rumor that I came across today that there is a leaked set list, and Save Your Tears is the premier song on the set list. Some books have brought it all the way down to a plus two hundred, and some have not acknowledged and have left it at the original plus one thousand, like it's been at. So Dan, based on your studies. And your kids. Actually, no, I'm going to make you sit there and, and sweat this one out. Raza, where do you think The weekend's going to go with this first one, this first song? I hate to be boring, but it's I'm to go with Blinding Lights there. It's the song that they've been playing in every single freaking commercial uh, that I can't get out of my head. And then the other choice I also thought was just the Can't Feel My Face. And that's that's the song that I think of when I think of The weekend. Uh, I think that was probably one of his biggest hits that he's had so far. So I wouldn't be surprised if he opens up with just the classic, you know, huge hit that he's had that everyone knows. Where are we going, Dan? Long discussion with a lot of people today about the albums and, and, and what sort of kind of, you know, order we go into. Blinding Lights is not going to be the first one. I'll tell you that right now. It never is that simple with these types of things. Your information about Save Your Tears does throw me for a loop. And I tried to kind of feel about, I feel it coming. That makes a lot of sense. I feel it coming. It's coming. Here we are. Be careful. But <laughs> hearing today and listening to all these songs, there's a lot of curse words in a lot of these songs. So I don't know how he's going to mix and match that going forward and where he's going to put certain things. I got to think they can't feel my face is it. That's what the one I'm going to go with. I will go with can't feel my face. Just the opening makes too much sense melodically for that not to be it. Can't feel my face plus 320 melody, melody, melody. And wait too. And I'm reading more. He does realize that obviously there's no, I have to think about this factor too. There's no people in the stands. And with him, he's very, he's, he's very much more like artistic. And he's been saying, he's been mapping this up for September. He wants to make this a cinematic experience for the people at home. So I don't think necessarily starting with the energy that you normally see to get the crowd going is necessary. So I think there might be kind of a little more of a tame start. And I really, I, that the Save Your Tears leak, I don't know if it's getting to me, but listening to the songs, it's one of his newer songs. So he wants it to be heard. It's off the new album. Uh, it's his second biggest hit is single behind. And like quick start. And that's the thing too, is that I don't think the lead in's too long. Uh, Can't Feel My Face, I think there's a long lead in and it doesn't start quite fast enough. Save your tears. The 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 
the meaning makes sense. Save your tears. Like, don't cry for me yet because he's going to show, he's going to go through the rest of his songs, which are all very tragic and very, you know, like a lot of bad stories. Can't feel my face and, and all these blinding lights. There's a lot of meaning behind all these songs. So I think he's getting ready to take them on a journey. So I do think that Save Your Tears is going to be the way to go. Wow. The cinematic and artistic experience coming from the weekend. That, that is a producer-level-esque, you know, thinking right there, Lewis. I think that we have some competition here, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah trust me. I, don't, I wouldn't know a, a microphone from a headset that hit me in the face. So. <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> but... Well, let's move on for the halftime show. So we got we got our favorite. You know, that's the one reason you stick around. You go take a leak and you go fill up your plate with more buffalo chicken dip, um, and then you get ready for the exotic props. And this, ladies and gentlemen, now we get into the weird part of of this prop segment. And this is stuff that nobody should have any business betting on. This could happen at any point in the game. Whatever. Obviously, we're talking after the halftime show, but we got a couple here that I just can't wait to see what happens. First one I have for you guys. We are obviously on CBS this year. Tony Romo on the call. Everybody loves Tony Romo's calls. What does Tony Romo say first? What is the first football term that he uses? Uh, we either have read at even money plus 100. Penetration. Danny, that one's for you. At plus 200. Thanks. Blitz at plus 225. A gap at plus 300. Or trick play at plus 750. Danny, what do you think we're doing? Well, I what, mean, do think, what do you think he's going to say first? Clearly, clearly, you know, penetration and A-gap are my two favorite ones. Uh, but but I think this will definitely be uh, – definitely be – it's weird. If the Chiefs have it, I think it will be Reed. But if the, if, the, if, the, uh, if the Bucks have it, I think Blitz is definitely the one that we're going we're gonna to see, plus 225. So really depending on that, I'll go with the Bucks will have it first, and they'll be plus 225 Blitz. Chris? I'm going with trick play. Why not? At plus Ooh. 750, you know, especially if, you, if you've if you got Andy Reid, if the Chiefs get the ball first, and Matt, you love to talk about Andy Reid and all the crazy crap that he comes up with and what he's going to do. Um, that could very easily be something that Tony Romo wants to talk about. Trick plays from Andy Reid. Uh, or, again, Blitz is another solid option. But, I, again, trick play at the plus 750, it's something that is definitely a, worth talking about with Tony Romo when it comes to, to a guy like Andy Reid. Uh, so you get a lot of some juicy odds on there, and it's I think it's pretty pretty likely to happen. Dan, I have to agree. I think that the Bucks have the ball first, and I think that when we talk about Brady and we talk about the Bucks, it's about A-gap pressure, and that is the first thing that Romo will say that they need to do, or it'll be Ronald Jones running it up the A-gap and having no success. So I will also go with A-gap plus 300. Um, <laughs> another funny one that I like here. Bruce Arians, he wears the Bryson DeChambeau flat cap, uh, classic. Um, so which color will Bruce Arians flat cap be? He normally goes by team color, so obviously the lead is red at minus 125. We have white at plus 150, gray at plus 175, or black at plus 500 if he's coming in treating it like a, treating it like a funeral. Uh, Chris, what kind of fashion statement will Bruce Arians be making? Now do we know what color jersey are the Bucks wearing? White know this. They're wearing white. white? Ooh, yes, they're wearing white. I'm uh, gonna go with the white flat hat. He's he's he. Uh, Bruce Arians, very fashionable person. He knows what's hip. He knows what's cool. He's gonna want to match with what the team is wearing. He's gonna go with the white hat. 
You know, Chris, I hadn't even considered jersey colors in this at all. Obviously, I was just thinking about the team colors, and I was going to go for gray plus one seventy five to be a little different. But I think plus one fifty on the white that might be that. that seems like the play. I like that. See, to me, I feel like if he's going to do it, like I have never seen. I don't think I've ever seen Bruce Arians really wear a white or gray one of those flat he, caps he, before. The, the report is his flat caps. He has sported the gray oh. since joining the Bucks because it is kind of a second or third color for them. So he has worn it only this season. Pewter. Big I, pewter I, team. Yeah, big, big pewter shooter. That's right. Exactly. Black feels like possibility, I feel like. But if he's going to, if they're in white jerseys, I don't see him wearing a white hat one of there. I see it as red. I'll stay off of this, but if I had to guess, I will go black at plus 500. I think black might be the way to go. Might as well. Got to, got to take a shot. Got, you need to find the juice somewhere. Um, juice to get the squeeze. Um, this is this is my favorite prop that I came across. And only in the year, well, 2021 now, only in a pandemic can we have this, this is, prop. Back. This is my favorite one, too. This is a great one. Nostrils will we see first? Yes, I'm talking about the holes in their nose because they're supposed to be wearing their masks. Which coach's nostrils will we see very irresponsible with his mask because he's minus 200 favorite on this and Andy Reid is plus 150 because ever since Andy Reid has figured out where he tucks the microphone in under his mask I haven't seen his his, his mustache or his nostrils in, in weeks Chris Chris who do you think I mean, taking Bruce Arians the favorite of that one you know there's there's a lot of of analyzing you've got to do here when you're talking about this kind of bet, I mean, you've got to sit there for two, three hours watching film and really analyze these guys' kind of mask positioning. And you'll bring up a good point. Since Coach Reed figured out the whole Mike in the mask scenario situation, he's been good. He's been very clean with the mask situation. So I think Bruce Arians, if you're gonna if you're gonna do this, I think that as as pricey as it is, I think that is the play you've got to go with. Because Andy Reid, he knows what's going on. It seems like Bruce Arians has not been watching Andy Reid mask film uh, of the last you know few weeks. He doesn't know about the mask. He doesn't know about the mic and the mask. He's got poor mask discipline, is what he has. He does. You know. Now, if John Gruden was in this Super Bowl, you know, he'd be yeah, easy. Favorite. Easy. God, what I would do to have John Gruden in this Super Bowl right now. That would never happen. So, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> Bruce Harris is the pick there. Dan, whose nose hairs are going to be hanging out? Oh, I think this is a very, very easy one for me, actually. I think there's a very good possibility that Andy Reid could go full face shield and, and, and maybe not do as much with the mask, I think. Uh, so there's a possibility there, too. I don't know what the league standards are right now in terms of like he probably does have to wear a mask. I'm not sure, but with the face shield, there's a possibility that that mask may not be as high as needed. Mustache has got to breathe as well. Might go Andy Reid there plus one. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. I think Bruce Arians myself is much more of a yeller, and that's kind of when we see uh, in the John Gruden thing. That's when the mask starts flying all over the place when they're yelling and they're just trying to fix it. They try to fix it while they berate a referee. That's my favorite part. Uh, <laughs> all right, a couple more here on the exact stuffs. Some weird things. Um, Tree here uh, with the Super Bowl. We have our first female official refereeing, officiating the Super Bowl. Uh, First female uh, referee, Sarah Thomas. Will she be wearing her hair down in a ponytail or up in the hat? Uh, Totally, totally hidden. 
Down in the ponytail is minus 300. Up in the hat is plus 200. Do you guys have a read on this one? So I, I do have a read on this one. I went back and looked at every single game that Sarah Thomas did this year, by the way. The last game she did was Saints-Bucks divisional round. She also did Texans-Titans week 17. She did Pats-Ravens back in, the, in, in that uh, Sunday night game. And in every single one of those games, she has worn a ponytail. She has not cut her hair since last year. So to me, I cannot imagine in the climate that we're in, especially with the NFL wanting to reach out to women, they want to make sure that it is very well known that there is a woman refereeing. It's going to be down. There's no question about that. If, if there's a juiced up one that I will take, it will be minus 300 Sarah Thomas ponytail. Yeah, all of the and all of the promotional material you've seen when you know on all the Instagrams talking about how you know she's going to be the first female official in, in the Super Bowl. It's all been the ponytail. I, it looks good with the ponytail. She, it, you know, a ponytail could be a very professional look. Uh, so I think, like Dan said, if you're going to take something that's that's real juiced up, it, it's this one. Uh, especially you know if you got to tuck that up in the hat, it's just not going to be comfortable. And you're going to be in this game for three hours, and nobody likes you because you're the referee. So you take you take the down because you want to be comfortable. Just for that reason, you got to flip it on your head, and you got to think that she's going to wear it up in the hat. Personally, I've seen a lot of the promotion with it with it up in the hat. I haven't seen it too much of the ponytail. Obviously, again, you've been saying she's been letting it grow. Obviously, uh, our salon workers and our bar- barbers are not as in service as they they have been in a, in a pandemic year. Um, so I get the not you know not cutting the hair, um, but I will uh, in her first postseason game, she did wear it in the hat. She did, Matt, but remember, she is a down judge. So remember that. That's just playing people's heads now even more. Now you have to go contrarian and you go up in the hat. But I think that's pretty much going to do it here for the exotic props as far as weird stuff. Until the game is over, we have two more to make here in the prop segment. And that is the winner has been crowned. We're running onto the field. But before we get onto the field, someone's taking a bath and it ain't in. It, it ain't in the tub. It's in a ice cold Gatorade jug being dumped over your head. I don't know if it's going to be Bruce Arians or if it's going to be Andy Reid, but the Gatorade bath is one of the best prop bets. Starting from the national anthem, you just can't wait to get all the way to the Gatorade bath, basically. Some history before we even get to this part. Last year, we had Orange. The Chiefs only win. They had Orange. Orange has won five times since Super Bowl 35. Wow. Red, which is the secondary favorite, plus 300. Orange is plus 125. Red, secondary, plus 300. Because both teams are red, right? Red has never been used in a Gatorade bath since Super Bowl. Three, in, in modern Gatorade history, since we've been tracking these stats. Um, yellow and green at plus 450 has been used three times. Clear or water. So basically, you know, the clear is like the, the clear purpley Gatorade. That's been used four times at plus 625. Blue plus 750 been used twice, and purple plus 825 also been used twice. And you could also have none, no liquid being dumped over anybody's head, which has happened four times. More than I thought it has happened. Four times, that's plus 285, but that's no fun. So, boys, what's the color choice we're going? What's your favorite flavor? What or who do you think what do you think Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady's favorite flavor is? Chris? You know what? My favorite flavor. I'm a big I'm a big lime guy, so I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the lime at plus four fifty. I liked the red because they're both red, but then Matt says it's never been used. So I was like, well, well maybe this. Although it could be it could be the first time. There, you know, who knows? I mean, red's a great flavor. 
Team colors have only matched three times in this as well. People think it's team colors. That has only happened three times, one of them being the Steelers with the lime green. That was one of the few times it was used, and I don't recall the other ones. But team colors don't have anything to do with the drink of choice for the most part. Now, do any of us know the guy who fills the Gatorade at the game? Who knows the equipment manager? Because he's probably made, whoever the equipment manager of these games are, that probably puts like three grand on these Gatorade bets. But I feel like they've also got various jugs. I feel like they might have different flavors on the sideline. So when that defensive lineman, when when they just grab a jug, they don't know what they might not even know what colors in there. I, I right, you know, we're just we're gonna go with clear. We're gonna go with clear. We're gonna say it's water because we're trying we're staying healthy. We're hydrating with water. There's nothing better than water. We're gonna we're going we're going to water at plus six twenty five. I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news on this one, but. I foresee there not being a Gatorade bath, and the reason is because there hasn't been a Gatorade bath, even for these championship games, because of COVID. So that is the little reason why I would bet for the none. I'm the old fart loser, but I'm being smart. There will not be a Gatorade bath, plus 285. Screw that, Dan. Chris... Clear is absolutely the value. Clear has been used far too many times to be at over 600. I think that stood out to me immediately. Um, I might even be, might even be moving lines because I was able to grab this at 625 quickly to six. So sharp movement coming from me on the Gatorade bath. They know where the experts are laying their money. I would also lay a little bit on blue plus 750 because I saw an interesting stat that blue was the most sold color uh, by Gatorade in the United States. Strictly for that, got to go plus 750 on the blue. Being most I sold. do like blue, though. If there's one that would be, it would be blue. Personal, my favorite flavor. Can't beat the plus 750. And finally, boys, I want to know who are your picks for Super Bowl MVP. I know, obviously, the quarterbacks are always the favorite here. Um, you could bet on Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is probably – the books are taking an immense amount of money on, on him. Um, Chris, do you like either the – quarterbacks and then give me somebody that's not a quarterback because th- those are the end that's where we're getting the juice yeah if you're gonna bet on a quarterback i would just bet on brady because you're getting plus money there um but to me the guys i was looking at for for lower down the totem pole was travis kelsey at, at the 10 to 1 odds um because if i think again if the chiefs win same to kind of similar tyree kill if the chiefs win both those guys are probably gonna have pretty big days um and then we're getting juicy tyra tyron matthew at the 30 to 1 odds Again, I think he, you know, if he gets a pick in there, throw in a couple of sacks, something like that, and he really disrupts the Bucks' offense and it's kind of the guy that leads the charge for the Chiefs' defense. Um, and then the one guy I was looking for, again, I guess outside of Tom Brady uh, on the Bucks' side of things, was Shaq Barrett at plus 4,500. Or even or JPP, one of those two guys. Because, again, if the Bucks win, it's probably going to be because they were able to get a couple of key stops, a couple of sacks going on that side of things uh, for the Bucks, And plus, those those are just some juicy picks. But again, you know, if you want to take a quarterback, you go with Brady because it's, it's – don't don't bet on Mahomes with the with the minus money. Danny? I actually disagree. I think Mahomes is, like, a lot of value. I think minus 120 is not high enough for Mahomes because if there's going to be a Chief that's going to win, it's going to be him. So, to me, I mean, I just don't see another Chief winning it. Uh, Brady is great value at plus 200, but I'll take um, – I like Mike Evans at plus 2,800. I think this is a game that he's been waiting his entire career for, and he will show up. He's one of the best players in this league for a reason. So I'll take him uh, as well as – and this is a weird one. I, I, I do like – I actually do like Shaq Bear a lot. If I could find JPP on this list, which I haven't, uh, 
if I could find JPP on this literally, I haven't, and and I don't see it on here. I mean, he might be lower on the totem pole. We'll, we'll call it seventy to one because the best that we could yeah. see is sixty-six to one. So. so, so if I could take either JPP or Shaq Barrett, one of those two, I would because if you actually look at what's going on here, non-quarterbacks have won the MVP in the last twenty years eight times. However, in the last ten years, they've only won it three times. Two of those were defensive players in Von Miller and Malcolm Smith, and then Julian Edelman a couple of years ago. So it's been weird, but the, the defensive players have started to win it a little bit more frequently than normal. So I'll go there, but then if I'm going to go with a Chief, I, I got to go with Travis Kelsey here. I mean, a tight end I don't believe has ever won nope. the MVP. So that is uh, that would be a first, but it would show us how different the NFL is. So Travis Kelsey at 10-1. to 1, Mike Evans at twenty-eight to one, and either Shaq Barrett or JPP. I'd probably go Shaq Barrett at forty-five to one. Yeah, for me, I mean, if you're taking, I think if the Bucks, if the Bucks win, Brady's winning the MVP. So I agree. I think, I think you have to. I think you throw in Brady for the Bucks side plus two hundred or plus two ten, whatever you can get. I think that's tremendous. And then I'm going to go with with you know if the Chiefs win, and I don't want to bet on Mahomes. I want to get some juice. The, I think the way that they get there is, is some serious game breaker. So I'm going to take Tyreek Hill at plus at plus a thousand, and I'm going to take wow. Miko Harmon at plus five thousand because I just think now here now seeing the Tyreek news, maybe if he does get punts, I think if there's a potential that either of them runs a punt back as well as gets an offensive touchdown, and they're responsible for maybe two two maybe three scores during a game, that's the only way that somebody could win it over Mahomes. So I'll take Brady, and then I'll take those two freaks on the speed side as far as the Chiefs go, at Tyreek at 10-1 to 1 and, and Mecole at 5-1. At to 1. And, uh, and that, will, that will bring us to our end of our props. I, I will say one more on the MVP side that I'm hoping happens, Scotty Miller. I really want Scotty Miller to make a couple of big plays in this game. If he has like four catches and they're all huge and a couple of touchdowns, there may be a possibility for him to win it. Yeah, this feels like us picking Danny Amendola and putting everything we had on it, and that yeah. didn't work <laughs> out. So uh, that feels a lot like a Danny Amendola pick from two years ago. So I, I want him to win, though. I will be rooting for him. Dan, I'm going to turn the reins back over to you. Yes, let's do it. Um, so, guys, basically that's pretty much it with the prop bets. Um, to me, this game is going to be super exciting. I can't wait. Uh, I'm glad that we got to do all the weekend stuff. But now it is time, ladies and gentlemen, to put the money where our mouth is. This is the last bet of the year. So make it count, fellas. Make it count. Lewis, probably going to run some music at some point in this spot, but we'll see what happens. Away we go. Give me, ladies and gentlemen, your final bet of the year. If I see it correctly right now, I think most of the Action Network, if I'm seeing it right, has it at three. Am yeah. I right on that? Okay, so three points which opened at three and a half. The over-under is 56. It opened at 57. Chiefs, 60% of the bets, 63% of the money. The over, 71% of the bets, 50% of the money. Interesting. Chris Raza, it's your last chance, sir. Make it count. God, I hate that you just read that, that stuff on the over and the under. Because I've been like sitting on the over fifty six for like three four days now, and it's like you got one. You know me; I don't want to pick a side in this game. I don't want anyone to win this game. Um, but I'm going with over fifty six. I mean, again, we have a generation, a generational offense 
in the Kansas City Chiefs that, again, seem to be able to put up 30 points by themselves at will. And I have to imagine that the Bucs are going to be able to put something together on offense with Brady at the helm uh, to get some points going there. Now I'm going to get a little worried if it does does start raining uh, on Sunday at the Super Bowl, but I want to root for the over. I want there to be a lot of points scored. This is kind of me putting that energy out there. Um and it's my, my kind of cop-out pick, which feels bad for the Super Bowl, but uh, over 56. Uh, and I think if the over hits and the Chiefs have a pretty darn good chance of winning, so I would sprinkle a little bit on this Chiefs minus three. Can I give you some perspective real quick on the over-unders, just so you know? Is Please. it going to hurt me? Is it going to hurt me? It, it, it might a little bit. <laughs> All right. Because fine. it's very difficult. Uh, in the last 20 Super Bowls, the over-under is 10 and 10. In the... In the last 54, I'm sorry, 53 Super Bowls, because there was no over-under available for Super Bowl one in the history of the Super Bowl, the over-under is 26, 26, and one. So I don't see how you can go anywhere. The Bucs on 11 of their 19 games have gone over. For the Chiefs, only nine of their 18 games have gone over. It is right down the freaking pipe with, with these games with the over-under. I don't see how I could even go there with that. But I will say this. I will say this because if we're going to save Matty Ice for last. I will take the first half under 27.5. I will take the first quarter under 10 points. I will take the highest scoring quarter as the fourth quarter at plus 210. I think those are really good game bets that you're going to be. As far as the game is concerned, Last year, we had a team in San Francisco that had a great defense that played the Chiefs very well. They held them to 10 points in three quarters, and the Chiefs still found a way to score 21 unanswered in the fourth. It's incredible. And the one thing the 49ers did not have in that game was they had a quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo that crapped his pants in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. Did he not? I mean, he was horrible. On throw, and he could not do it deep. The Bucs have a pretty good defense. It's going to be very difficult. The Chiefs, outside of the Chargers game at the end of the year, in their last 26 games are 25-1. and one. It is going to be a very difficult game for the Bucs to win. Not probable. And like I was reading in the Dynasty book with the Patriots in, in this 2016, and he said, you think Tommy, Robert Kraft asked him, he said, you think Tommy's given up in this game? And he said, no effing way. And he said, do you think we can win this game? He goes, possible, not probable. It's possible. It's not probable. But the value's on the Bucks. I'm going to take the Bucks plus three. And I'm going to take the Bucks money line plus 150. You cannot take this bet a plus three without taking the money line. It is very rare for the underdog to cover without winning. So especially in a game of this magnitude, I think this is going to be either the passing of the torch or it's going to be one last ride for the GOAT. I'm going to stick with him because I bet against him a couple of times in these playoffs. I'm sticking with my guy. I'm wearing the jersey, and we're going in balls deep. Bucks plus three, Bucks money line. Matty Ice. So I'm split between between basically those two picks of my co-hosts here. Uh, originally, I was leaning over 56 as well, Chris, but this weather is really scaring me off. Even if it's not raining at game time, just – sloppy and messy turf or just grass down in Tampa Bay, you know, just a soaked wet field. I, I, that just, 
56 is a lot of points, and we have not seen uh, a Super Bowl go over. Um, and as, as and I have to go, and what Danny said is exactly right. Dogs, dogs straight up since 2009 have gone six and four. Um, and 2009 was the last time that a dog covered without winning straight up. And that was uh, the Arizona Cardinals covering the seven point spread against the Steelers. They thought the Cardinals were going to be the dog that won straight up, obviously. So, um, and prior to that, the only team to, to cover against the spread uh, was the Patriots. The Patriots were the favorite that didn't, that, that sorry, favorite that won that did not cover the spread where the Patriots in both 2005 and 2004. But in 2002, Tom Brady, in his one Super Bowl as an underdog, went straight up. Tom Brady is 1-0 in Super Bowls as an underdog, and he will go 2-0. You don't even have to bet the spread in this game, in my opinion. I think three points is not close enough. I don't think the spread is going to come into play. I think you lay the Tampa Bay at plus 145. Prior to the show, prior to the weather reports, I would have been all over the over. I can, I just cannot take the under in this game. I can't sit there and root for the under. In this freaking game, so I will. I will root for Tom, and I, I agree, Dan. I think the narrative right now, I think, is people are going. Uh, it's time. Tommy's done. It's time for the kid to take over. And I think there's one more. I think there's one more before you know before it's really turned. We're gonna take Brady at plus one forty five on the money line and the Bucks, and we're gonna roll. How many times do we have to bury this man for us to realize that he is alive and well? I will not understand. I will not have it. You cannot make me bet on the Chiefs in this game. I will refuse to do it. Bucks money line. I am so pumped to win, to win this game. I, I I don't know, guys. I don't know. Like I I don't know where I'm even going to be watching this game. But I know one thing: I'm going to be rooting hard for this game. Take a quick drive back up to CT. Hang out with your boys. Come on. Uh, I, I wish. I wish. Producer uh, Lou. I, sorry, I got to throw yeah. to producer Lou. I need to know. I need to know what's the. One a pick in the game, and then what's the what's the best pick you heard on the show? Uh, oh, man, the, I, I don't know if I'd give you a best pick on the show. You guys are all on the Bucks. Huh? This is all. Uh, oh no! This is very interesting. And might I say, Matthew brings up the point of the passing of the torch to the young Buck. Exactly thirty years ago, a. Michael Jordan was facing a Magic Johnson in the NBA Finals, a quote-unquote passing of the torch. I don't know who's going to win. I told you these two teams would be here. Uh, but I, mm, I, think the, I think the Chiefs are probably going to win. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Louis Stradamus. Yeah. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I think uh, really – but it could – I could see the team winning, honestly. I told you these two teams would get here. I got I got this far. You can only do so much. I can only do so much. But I think it's a passing of the torch here. I think it's time. Do you think it's a close game? For sure. I hope overtime. Maybe overtime. That's my favorite pick if it goes to overtime. Well, okay, that's a good one. I think if you take the Chiefs in this game, I think you have to take an alternate line. I really do. I I I would take a minus four and a half, five and a half, six and a half. You can get it. I would take that immediately because I just think the value is is not on the Chiefs' money line, obviously, but I want to juice up the Chiefs a little bit because if the Chiefs are going to win this game, to be quite honest with you, I think it's probably going to be about a touchdown. I, I really do. So I, 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 don't, I don't think that the Bucs can win this game. If this game is close, the Bucs will win the game. That's what I will say. If this I agree, close, with, I agree with that sentiment. Yes. I'm excited. I'm so, yeah, I'm so when excited. does this game kick off? <laughs> 
Oh, it kicks off at 6.30 on Sunday night in Tampa Bay. I am so excitedly pumped. Lewis, uh, did you have a basketball bet for us or no? Uh, yeah, I'll give it to you quick. Uh, well, I, we got a couple. Uh, so supposedly Tyreek Hill uh, uh, versus the Nuggets points, uh, Tyreek Hill is getting plus 29 and a half. So, we're we talking yards? Yeah, yards. receiving yeah. yards. So if he gets 100, he, that's 129 and a half. And what's Denver going to score? 120 at the most, right? Like, Yeah, more of a defensive team. It seems like, you know, that seems like a pretty good one. Or uh, Jamal Murray's, uh, what was it, points, rebounds, and assists, plus eight and a half versus Tom Brady's pass attempts. They got some pretty good, uh, yeah, there, there's some That's pretty good ones in there. Yeah. Those might be the two best prop bets we gave on the show. For, for, for <laughs> anybody that made it this far into the show, listen, listen to the man. It said points, rebounds, and assists, plus 100 for Jamal Murray. Or, Plus, he's getting plus eight and a half. And I'm sitting there like, Tom Brady, how many times is Tom Brady going to throw the ball? 30, 35 times? That's about 20. Oh, yeah. Is it please around 25? Attempts is 35, I believe. You know what I'm saying? 37, somewhere around there. What's he got to score? He's got to, yeah, come on. If he gets a triple double, that's a a wrap. Who are the Nuggets playing that night? The Kings. Oh, man. That's a good one. That might be a bet that we put on there, Lil. That's a good one. See, this is why you stay for the whole show, ladies and gentlemen. The whole show. <laughs> you got to get the value at the 120th minute. Guys, what are we what are we uh what are we cooking up for Super Bowl Sunday real quick? I I mean, I need to have pigs in a blanket. If uh, I have pigs in a blanket and buffalo chicken dip, it's probably all I need. And you guys will all be together, right? That's yeah. a plan. That's yeah. a plan. I'll be at Matt's house. So whatever Matt's answer is my answer. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. I'm going Tampa this year, so it's always a theme. So grouper tacos are the are the thing that we're doing. A little grouper. Very super nice. Grouper. Like a super super, Chris? It's a super grouper. Oh. See, I'm not a fish guy, so not for me. <laughs> Fair enough. Had to pick something. Not a fish guy. <laughs> Guys, it's been a great season. I'm so excited. We'll be back next week to recap the Super Bowl and, and maybe give you some some – recapping of the season as well for 2020 and looking ahead to 2021 it'll be a very exciting time the super bowl is freaking upon us i can't freaking wait tom brady patrick mahomes as we have said you'll hear it a thousand times a thousand times and i won't get sick of hearing it until the game is played i am so excited uh for our producer lemon pepper lou Paracona, and for matt silver and for chris raza i am dan zapano you listen to us every saturday at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. on Sports Country Radio on sportscountry.net. You can listen to us again on Sunday at 11 a.m. Go on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts to listen as well. We are all over the place. We thank you for listening all year long. You've been great. Follow us on Twitter at the Sunday Card. We will see you next week to recap the Super Bowl. And enjoy it, folks. It's the last one till September. So let's get it going. Uh, thank you for listening to the Sunday Card.